0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, February 18th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, chapter four, and we're at page 52, paragraph two. Today's readers are Susie K, Penny C, Michelle H, and Deb W. The reference number for yesterday, February 17th is 7336. That's 7336. OA Preamble. O Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. I'm sorry, she's not here. Uh, Melanie, would you please read the twelve steps? I can. Good morning, Katie Thank F. You. My name is Melanie C. Um I'm calling in from Oregon today. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The Twelve Steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you so much, Melanie. Uh, I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Traditions.
1: Good morning, everybody. This is Anita Elf from Philadelphia area, recovered for today. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating, overeating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank
0: you, Anita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 52, paragraph 2. I will ask Susie K. to begin reading, and she will be reading two paragraphs, and we will focus our comments on both paragraphs, or one of them. Thank you. Good morning. Susie K., Recovered Compulsive Eater here from Maine. We We had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was. When we saw others solve their problems by simple reliance upon the sphere of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did so these are very powerful paragraphs um and it's uh you know the 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 writers of the big book are um imploring us to see that, you know, the way we're living, whether that be, um, you know, fully in our disease of compulsive eating or or whether it be um, abstinent from our compulsive foods, but without having worked the steps in this book, um, um, that, you know, there are, you know, this paragraph full of reasons to change because our life isn't going well. Um, and so they are setting up, you know, a great argument for why we should adopt a power greater than ourselves in our life and why we should take a chance to, um, to be open to that idea. Um, and, um you know, one one powerful way for us to look at that first paragraph is to re- replace the word we with I. So I was having trouble with personal relationships, and you could even insert when when I was abstinent or when I wasn't abstinent. Um, you know, I couldn't control my emotional nature. I was prey to misery and depression. I couldn't make a living. I had a feeling of uselessness, et cetera. Um, and so this sets up a powerful argument for um for doing the work as is suggested in this book. And um so with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Susie Kay. Who would like to share on these paragraphs? This is can Bella. Can I share? Can I? Okay. Larry <coughs> Okay, Um, I heard Bella, Kim G, and there was someone before Larry. I I think they ended with Kathy. Kathy K. I thought it was Kathy K, but I thought she said something C, so it didn't work. (laughs) Okay, Um, so let's go with those four and go ahead, Bella.
2: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, so so much in these two paragraphs. So the first, I want to focus on the sentence in the first paragraph, to change our point of view. And then the last sentence in the second paragraph, but the God idea did. Yes, to change our point of view. Wow, to change my beliefs because before I was in the program, yes, I knew that I am overweight, but my point of view was because of me. I needed the ego. I needed the power. Yes, I am responsible of other people's Behaviors and thinking. Yes, I wanted to believe that I am overweight and I am eating only because of other people's behavior and how they talk to me and how they behave, if they only would change, if they only would be different. And then I went to myself, if I wouldn't do so many mistakes, if I would be so careful, if I wouldn't say whatever I said, I wouldn't run to the, to the food. This was my belief. And then, sure, I, was, I didn't live happy. I felt that I am useless. I felt miserable. Thank you, God, that now I am in the program and I change my belief. Yes, my belief is now that I am human and I am powerless. I don't know everything all the time. I I am not responsible for the outcomes. I am connected to the power of God. This is the power of love and acceptance. I change my belief. Yes, and today I know my disease, my, the food is only a symptom. And I have to look for my connection to God. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Bella. Kim G., you're up. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim Jane. I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from South Jersey. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. You know, to me, this was the key to step two. This was the key for me taking step two, coming to that conclusion. My ideas didn't work, so let me tell you what my ideas brought me to. My ideas brought me to my mid twenties, living with my parents in my eight by ten bedroom, you know, childhood bedroom that was colored, you know bubblegum pink and had holly hobby furniture and most saturday nights i spent with my favorite two guys ben and jerry and a romance novel that's where my ideas got me and when i came into la i for six years i was able to stay abstinent on the fellowship the tools and using the steps kind of like the twister game from the 70s you know right hand blue left hand yellow Maybe I'll do step six, maybe I'll do step three, maybe I'll do a little bit of dabble in step 12, and that worked. But after six years of back-to-back accidents, I came, you know, page 32 when we talk about the man of 30, I came, became victim of a belief that practically every alcoholic has that his long period of sobriety and self-discipline had qualified me to drink like other people. And I picked up thinking I could just get back on track. Well, after that, I could never get more than a year. And then after a while, I could only get more more than a couple months, then a couple weeks, and then only a couple days, and maybe even only a couple hours. Until finally, four years ago, I came into a meeting where I heard the word recovered, which I'd never heard before in the room. And what struck me about that was these people weren't only abstinent, but they were happy and abstinent. I didn't even know that was possible. I thought you could be abstinent, white-knuckling it, fighting the food, maybe get to bed that night with your head on the pillow, totally exhausted, saying, oh, I beat the feed food one more day. But here was a group of people saying they were recovered, laughing, enjoying life, connected to other people, to a power greater than themselves. And here I was, 17 years in away, absolutely miserable, having gained a lot of my weight back, I was out of ideas, out of ideas. So where my step two came in, as I was out of ideas. I believed in my powerlessness. And these people were telling me that the God idea worked. And I believed those people. I didn't know if the power would work for me, but I believed it worked for them. And that was enough to have me come to the conclusion of step two
3: to move to step three. And with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Kathy Kay, your turn. Thank you, Katie, for your service. I'm
4: Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, what I wanted to share on these two paragraphs is uh, for the newcomer uh, or for anyone who still um, hasn't found uh, a God of their understanding is that this process of discovering um, a God that could relieve these bedevilments from me happened over a long period of time. I had been in program for um, 10 years before I did my uh, step work thoroughly. And even when I got to step four, I was still... um, making this, a decision uh, to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him, and i didn't um I didn't yet have a good solid conception I did have the willingness which I began to develop in this step too um, but it wasn't until I started writing my fourth step, and my sponsor asked me to say the third step every time I sat down to write. And as I started to do that writing, I found things coming onto the page through my pen that I had very little awareness of. It was because of the fourth-step questions. um, and, uh, And also, obviously, now today I can see the help of a power greater than myself. And when I started to see and experience some of these bedevilments to fall from my shoulders, um, the resentments that I felt, the fears that I felt, when I woke up in the morning not full of fear and with and with enthusiasm to face my day, I knew that I was becoming something other than what I had been for the first forty some odd years of my life. Um, So I just wanted, you know, the the bedevilments I knew described me. I knew that almost from day one in the 12-step rooms. I had been working on those bedevilments in therapy on and off for most of my adult life. But it was the action of working with this higher power that I did not yet understand or experience and doing the work as it's outlined in Step 4 and beyond, um, that I began to feel that connection and feel the gratitude of not having to struggle with these uh, by myself and begin to feel and see the light in front of me. It it really was, uh, in my experience, not only transforming, but I had to label it a miracle, and I had never experienced a miracle in my life. And with that, I passed.
0: Thank you. And the next person is Larry. Larry Kay, your turn.
5: Thanks, Katie, for your service. Larry K, um, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, was seeing seeing the problem solved in others, and and, and frankly. You know, admittedly, I I didn't see in the rooms (laughs) the problem solved. I saw a lot of wonderful, dear people, Um, but many people like myself, the problem hadn't been solved. Um, You know, and eventually, thank God, I did see that the problem had been solved in some others. And, uh, you know, and so there had to be a fundamental shift in my thinking, you know, from intellectualizing to simply letting go, and you know, at some point in my in my trajectory of of misery that was fueled by these bedevilments, I I, I had no choice but to concede that self reliance has failed me utterly. And yet, that very concession didn't assure that I would act. You know, because there were many people in the room, uh like these, these dear wonderful people, but they they like me, they were not acting. They they did not take action. Uh, you know, we would always be afforded free will. And so we kept picking up and working tools and, um, and, and maybe we didn't know any better, you know, um, but we're now on a different basis. And I, I believe that, you know, God's loving care for me is the very definition of that divine providence that, that, uh, the result of these 12 steps showed me that there was no limit to this divine power, only the limit that the limitations that existed in my mind, you know, there were two states of being. There was there was access to this power source as a result of working these steps, or the continued rejection or departure from the power source, whatever that power source is for you. And um, you know, because I had to remember that lack of power was my dilemma. So I, I had to find a way to access this power. And unbeknownst to me, you know, the holes in my stomach from liposuction surgeries—that was evidence. You know, of the unmanageability um, the steps were a very simple way that one could approach and ultimately communicate with this higher power and um you know it's interesting you know my God of food and had the power to kill while their God of mercy was restoring them to sanity, and even if what they were experiencing was merely an illusion, pure fantasy. I'd take their smiles and their and their peace and serenity over my tears and my fears every day. And, you know, the, 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 I'll wrap up and say that, you know, I heard someone talk about like the ego prayer, you know, kind of like, God, thank you for all you've done for me. You know, you've changed my life in miraculous ways. I'm so grateful for all you've done. So grateful. Now, God, I'll take it from here. I got this thing, you know. The ego is so powerful, you know, from complete restoration back to self-sufficiency. So I have to always remember that it's God, it's God, it's God. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you. And I'd like to share, my name is Katie, Recovered Compulsive Ever Eater. And, you know, I had read the big book um, multiple times and had never um just completely focused on these bedevilments, the way I have, you know, in the last few years, um, doing, you know, the big book study on this meeting and other big book studies I've done. Um, <clears throat> but you know, the thing that I that catches me here is that this has nothing to do with alcohol. This has nothing to do with um, a food plan or abstinence or anything else. It 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 clearly. Um, separates me from people who just have um, too much food in their life and who are able to walk away from it when they have a good reason and are able to lose the weight eventually and, and, you know, maybe just have a little problem here and there. But, you know, I had every single one of these, um, these things going on in my life in disease. And then, you know, today, is everything perfect every single day where I never have a feeling of uselessness, where I never have fear, where I'm never unhappy? No. I mean, there are days when when those things float through my, um, my path and I have to get back on my knees. And so, you know, that's why, um, you know, our idea did not work, but the God idea did. You know, and that's what it brings me back to every time is that, no, I don't have all the answers for my life continuous forever and ever. I'm going to continue to have to get back to on my knees, on my knees every day, asking God to direct my thinking, asking God to direct my actions. Because the food's been down for decades, but I am still – I'm still prey to these things, you know, unfortunately, as a human being. And I'm grateful that I have this disease because I do have a solution. I have a way out from, you know, the, the plight of being human and the plight of having things not go my way. I now have a higher power that I trust. do better for me than I could do on my own. Because as Kim shared, you know, my life too was very small when I got into recovery. It was nothing. um, But working and eating and uh, praying, I didn't drive off a cliff. And, you know, that was my best thinking. And so anything is better than that. And I'm so grateful that I don't, Even though these can crop up, I don't have to live there today. And with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to share on these paragraphs?
6: I'd like to share. This is Vasa. Vasa. Sue B.
0: Okay, Vasa and Sue B. Go ahead. Vasa.
6: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Vasa. Oh, uh, recovered compulsive Reader calling from Florida. Thank you so much for your service. And self-sufficiency didn't work for me anymore. I needed to find a power greater than myself. And that was the key to my program. Again, I've shared this many times. I, I, somebody uh, 12-stepped me for about a week before she took me to the first meeting. And she became my sponsor for a while. And the only thing she said, you can do this, is with God's help. You need to surrender, and you need to put the foot in God's hands, and you need to surrender and put your life and will in God's hands, and he's going to help you. You need to trust me. It's going to happen, you know, because I've seen all the miracles that have happened in the program. And she says, I'm one of those miracles, you know. And I I was just so desperate. I was in so much pain at that time. And I was sold, I, because there's nothing more out there for me to try. And I was sold. I said, I will do whatever you want me to do. You know, I will surrender. You know, I, I didn't think it was such a big deal to surrender and get on my knees, but I was terrified, the fear, because I grew up with fear for punishing God. And then I grew up in a communist country. Also, I was taught in school. There's no God. So I had a lot of mixed messages in my mind, you know. So, even though I was terrified, you know i I humbled myself you know on my knees, and you know people can they don't have to don't go on their knees up front they can be on a chair, they can be anywhere and surrender to God because God is available to us anywhere any place, but at that time, that's what I did, and I still get on my knees I've never stopped getting on my knees every morning and thank God at night time. And I, you know, at the beginning, I was on my knees all the time because I was tempted to eat. You know, I couldn't, It was I was tempted. I wanted the food. So I was on my knees all the time. Now, you know, I pray, I get on my knees in the morning and pray, and at night I thank God. But again, when we saw others solve their problem by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop dabbling. power of God. I did not work, but the God I did it. And that was the key for me. I needed to surrender, and I needed to throw my pro- myself into the program and the 12 steps, you know, and it was a gradual surrender with my life and my will. It was a transformation. Uh, you know, God was doing for me what I can do for myself by going through the steps and studying the steps and everything I do in my life. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Sue B., your turn. Good morning.
0: This is Sue B. from Maryland, a recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful. Thank you for your service, Katie, and thank you for everybody on the line. What I wanted to share today was where I came from uh, because I started this program in 1984, and I got abstinent right away, and I had four years of back-to-back Quote unquote perfect abstinence. Uh, and um, I was walking through, I went through A walls, I worked the steps. And what happened to me was I got um, my ego crept in. Without my even knowing it, my will and my ego, my worst character defects, came back and I became what I like to call Miss OA. And I my fix-it compulsion got out there and I thought I had to fix everybody and um, where was God in all this where was my God Um, somewhere in the recesses of my mind and um, today since I've been hearing recovery I know that I have to keep my higher power with me at the forefront because my will is so strong. And so, you know, I like to say my higher power sits on my shoulder, but I I have to have a level of concentration on that spirit every minute, you know, as I go to work, as I'm interacting with my children. I don't have the answers for my children. I don't have answers for my sponsees. I can be a guide. I can talk. I can let God speak through me as to how it's working for me today. But I don't have the answers for anyone. And uh, I am so grateful today that I'll, late, very late, I learned this lesson. Thank you for letting me share. With that, I Okay, would anybody else like to share on this, or we can move on? It's Leah. Okay, Leah, go ahead. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Leah M., Recovered
7: Compulsive Overeater. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Um, you know, in 1987, I was eating with uh, a sense of urgency and desperation that I had never known before. Um, this disease had just, you know, continued to progress, and it was like a runaway train. And you know, I came to you. I came to. Uh, well, I was in a lockup facility, <laughs> um, you know, and I had a plastic wristband uh, around my left hand there, and. Um, you know, I had this unmanageability that they speak about in the bedevilments here, you know, where emotionally, socially, financially, uh, you know, psychologically, every facet of my life had deteriorated, um, you know, and this was the result both my by my disease of compulsive overeating and this philosophy of self Sufficiency. You know, my basic flaw had been this faulty dependency on self or dependency on circumstances or dependency on people to supply me with a feeling of security and well being and happiness. And of course, those things failed me utterly. And when I, you know, would uh, feel the angst of life, I would, of course, dig my fist deeper into bags and boxes, you know, and, Despite years of involvement with psychology to deal with these bedevilments, and despite years of therapy and self-help, I did not see the defects and those old ideas and attitudes that were dominating me. I did not understand that I was parading uh, through life as my own higher power, and until I understood that and accepted my own role in my own demise and misery, my prospects for a change in my life uh, was basically nil. You know, it wasn't until I was beaten to a pulp and this book was cracked open to me and described to me and I totally uh, began to throw myself at this program with the same desperation and urgency as I had been eating. And, you know, something began to come between me and compulsive overeating. It was called the recovery process. And I began to be given, uh, you know, a sixth sense beyond the five senses that I had used to be dominated by. And I was beginning to have some grace to maintain this spiritual condition that I had been introduced to. And I began to be changed. You know, I began to rely on this unknown source that I couldn't name, I couldn't describe, and I certainly could not fully understand. Uh, But I pressed into these steps, and the result was this spiritual awakening, which resulted in a change. I began to be changed in the way I thought, in the way I felt, and especially in the way I behaved. And what distinguished that whole process from the other things I had embarked upon, the self-help programs and the therapy, is that this change is done to me, not by me. And my life began to change. And all the relationships in my life began to change because the way I was interacting with life began to change. And
0: with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Anybody else? Okay, let's move on then. Penny C., will you please read that next paragraph, The Wright Brothers Almost.
8: Yes, good morning. This is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overreader, Living in Massachusetts near Boston, the Wright brothers' almost childish faith that they could build a machine which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. Without that, nothing could have happened. We agnostics and atheists were sticking to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve our problems. When others showed us that God's sufficiency worked with them, we began to feel like those who had insisted the rights would never fly. Um, I, I like this term, their childish faith. I think I would, um, I think of it anyway for myself as childlike faith, the complete belief that they could do with with, with God's help. With with the inspiration, they could do what no one else had been able to do, and they go on. It says that this was the mainspring of their accomplishment, and and the mainspring is is a something that a part of something that is necessary to make it work. And so, what we're hearing is that without this faith, that it would not that it would they would be able to produce a machine that could lift off the ground and fly then it never would have happened so that's that's the important part for me that for me to believe for me to go on for me to engage in life i need to know i have a belief a real faith that there is something to to be accomplished and that i have Something I can trust and can have faith in. And that, for me, is God. Uh, Where it goes on to say we agnostics and atheists were sticking to the idea that self sufficiency would solve our problems, uh, I've worked with so many people who believe that in the beginning. And as they go on and read and study this book and listen to other people, Gradually, ever so gradually they come to believe in a power greater than themselves and that's the key. Just a power greater than themselves. This God idea did work for these first hundred that we're reading about, these first hundred alcoholics who recovered. But I just there's a there's a a paragraph in Working with Others on page ninety five that whenever we're talking about you know, believing in, 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 in a God and, and calling that that higher power God. It says on page ninety five of the book, it says we have no monopoly on God. We simply are presenting an approach that worked for us. So that leaves the opening for people to begin. I quote that to people that You don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to believe what the people on a vision for you believe. Because it says very clearly that this is not the only way. So start with whatever way you you know. But I do realize that the recovered people that I know, the truly recovered people, studied this book and, and found the answer there. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Penny. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Press star one to unmute. Sarah W. Okay, go ahead, Sarah W.
9: Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Sarah W. Grateful Recovered, compulsive over from Iowa. Um, you know, the thought that comes to me when we're talking about this is that um, when others showed us that God's sufficiency worked with them, we began to feel like those who had insisted the Wright brothers would never fly. You know, that old contempt prior to investigation. You know, um, I think for so many people including myself at times, that it, it there is such simplicity to this and we make it so difficult. And if we just empty out ourselves of what we think we know and we allow ourselves to just have one smidgen of thought that all these things that I've done, all this insanity that I've been through, whether it be my behaviors in life, uh, my unhappiness in life, my feeling like I never fit, all these things and all the ways that I've tried to get around it through therapy, through relationships, if I can just put all that aside and say, maybe, just maybe, there's something here. That that opens the door to infinity. And... um you know, I think that the idea of self-sufficiency, you know, I place my parents in a position of being my God, and I think we all do when we're, when we're born. You know, we look at these people, and they're, they're showing us and teaching us, and, you know, we're all fallible. And the reality is that we start to realize our own fallibility in a healthy way when we work through the steps. No longer do we need to punish ourselves, but we say, okay, this is what I've done. This is who I was. But is this who I want to be? And as as it's stated, you know, when we work the steps, the steps change us. You know, we have to be willing to do the work. And I like what somebody said the other day. Willingness without action is fantasy. So today the action is how can I be of service to others and how can I be the person that God would, ha- would it intend me to be? And with that I
0: pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Who else would like to share on this paragraph?
10: This is Lois. Hey, Lois, go ahead. Hi, good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois M in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, when I when I when I l listen to, you know, the, what's being read this morning and discussed, step two, you know. Came came to came to believe um, it, it brings me back to you know how how what a, as an addict all right and I was a real addict um, I, I there wasn 't anything i wouldn 't do to chase what I needed first of all, it was the pain of the disease you know that um, that created this this severe you know drive that I had the insanity and and you know it was it was one of the most painful um, things that have ever happened to me and it was all in in emotional and mental and mental and emotional pain you know I had I had suffered a lot of pain um, in different ways in my life physical pain but this this was something that that totally drove me mad it would have driven me mad I remember but you know I that's I think that's what I wanted to share that it was only the pain of this disease that helped me to become willing I was willing to do anything in different levels in fact I remember one person told me and when I couldn't stay abstinent you know that I was dishonest you know and that that you know I'm sure I remember that but I'm sure that I mean at that time you know I I couldn't conceive of I couldn't think of my 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 state of mind as anything different than what it was but it was the pain of eating compulsively that drove me to be willing you know I wasn't about I couldn't give up anything until I found something that you know, that got through my uh, denial and and the obsession of this mind. So, you know, if if there are newcomers, you know, on the line, you know, this is, is, you know, this is the answer. It's like somebody says on the line, "Door door number one or door number two. And I couldn't do anything different until I was beaten. And the pain of this disease, compulsive overeating, the mental despair, the shame, the guilt the um the negativity, you know, beginning to believe that everyone in my life was my problem, you know, you were my problem, they were my problem. Uh I, I was I was desperate. I was ready to go to an insane asylum. So, you know, if, if you you know, if you're listening today and you're just beginning to understand and think that this, you know, may be your answer, you know, this is the only answer. The twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that you know, you have a physical allergy, which creates a, um, an obsession of the mind that will always make it okay for you to keep eating. And it isn't until you've had, you know, your fill of that, you know, that I, I was ready to surrender. And this is the answer. Thank you very much, and I'm going to pass.
11: I'd like to share. Okay, what's your name? Nancy, Nancy Ara.
0: Okay. Um just hang on one second, Nancy. Is there anybody else after Nancy? We have time for a couple more. Sue G. Okay, Nancy R and then Sue G. Thank you.
11: Oh uh, yes, thank you. My name is Nancy R. I'm a recover compulsive overeater. And uh, this phrase, the child, this face, uh reminds me of um uh, the children I work with. I had a career in ele- an education and uh, when I was in elementary ed I would take my students on field trips and they were so trusting they, they just trusted they didn't give a thought as to how they were going to get there what was going to happen they just had this trust in me as their leader and I could take their hands and they would follow me anywhere just happily because they had the confidence that I was going to get them to where we were supposed to go, and I was going to make sure that their needs were taken care of and that I would return them back to the school safely. And I was thinking about the innocence of uh, little kids, how they uh, don't have a lot of unfettered biases, how they're so malleable. And that, that is a wonderful example for me. That's That's how I must be um uh, that's how I had to become in order to uh, receive the wonderful gifts of this program. And uh, I'm just so grateful that I became teachable. Um, I had a lot of biases. Unlike little kids, I had a lot of preconceived uh, religious notions that had to be cast aside. But once I became teachable and... Uh, it, it you know it was the pain of weighing over 300 pounds that made me teachable. But once I became teachable, and I was I was just able to surrender and say I'll do anything, I'll do anything. And um, I had to get over um, the idea that I had been taught as a kid that that I was responsible for myself, that I had to do it. That was my greatest hurdle, because I tried like heck everything I could possibly do. I'm so grateful. I just really want to express gratitude. I'm so grateful for OA. I'm extremely grateful for this line. I'm grateful for the wonderful sponsor that I found on this line, and for all of you who come on here every day sharing your pearls of uh, wisdom with me. And With that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nancy. R, Sue G, you're on. Good morning. Thanks for your service, Katie, and thanks for everybody who shared and listened. And it's Sue G Recovered in southeastern Pennsylvania. And this the Wright brothers and their their dream. The the process of this recovery is absolutely greatest step for me and it is the big book guidance that that OA has brought to my life that has opened me. So I, I relate to the paragraph as I am now open to a childlike dream in an adult world. And and I I would I'll call that something. I call it faith and this evolution it has been through the 12 steps and the and the big book as a guide and it has to do with honesty openness and willingness the honesty um that what what i had to really confront was that that i a a trained health professional i liked living in diseases so there's the disease of compulsive eating. There's the disease of codependency. There's the disease of depression. There's the disease of closed-mindedness. There, I could name a thousand diseases, which all closed my mind in honesty, and and to honesty, it, it closed my mind. I, I became a helpless patient. Oh my God, I, life is is I'm doomed. I'm doomed, and. And then I cottoned on to the first step, powerless and unmanageable life with all of these names. Oh, now it's ADD, now it's this, now it's that. And I, I was in jail with with all of these names. And, and that's the jail that working the steps in order as instructed in the big book ha, has really changed things for me. And, and change them so that I'm happy, joyous, and free, and I don't have to be right. I don't have to give the right name to it. I don't know the right name. <laughs> and, and so what I feel free to do now is something that I've always known, which is to remember what what I've always known, but remember it with with humility and, and ask for help, ask my higher power for help. So now what has a name in my life, And this is the outside, inside issue, the the name that is the name I've given to the God of my understanding, and that's where the intimate connection is, and that's the connection that helps me in every relationship, and it helps me to be able to hear all of you as the source of help, all of you together as a group conscience. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Sue. Gee, we have time for one more share. We'll take that spot. This is Berta. Okay, Berta, go ahead. Thank you.
3: Yes, um, I was thinking about this as I was listening to people share and looking at these bedevilments, and it tells me the answer to this whole thing is to stop doubting the power of God And then it says, our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. And I thought about what were my ideas when I came to OA. Uh, Where was my thinking about God? More importantly, what were my actions? And so when I came in, when I first came in, I got the tools and the food has to go down. And I learned about the doctor's opinion. And, of course, I knew if I ate any of my alcoholic foods in any form, that was going to trigger me and I'd be back where I was. However, I, I didn't understand about the spiritual experience and how that how that spiritual experience could heal in a, to a great degree the mental obsession in my mind, the mental twist. Now, that has to come from that spiritual experience And so step two was going to be very important to me and all the other steps that were going to give me that experience to step nine. But I really believe that one, two, three, I'm home free. Because in step three, I'm going to turn everything over to the power of God. Boom, done, over. Why bother with the rest? I'm not going to want to write down everything I've done wrong because the prayers I had for God, my ideas, my old ideas, were something like this. God, change my husband, change my mother, change my boss, change my next-door neighbor, change the hospital, change that place that I don't like where the, I have to wait at the traffic light forever. Those were my requests to God. But change me? Oh, no, no, because, see, you, you see, in my mind, I was the one that was right and the only thing that made me sick and made me uh, frustrated to the point where I was eating, well, that all came from outside me. I blamed everything on external forces. But by working through these steps, I learned that I was the creator of my misery, and I was asking God to fix something that I created over and over again. But uh, those were my old ideas. I didn't want to give up my old ideas. I was all for God, but I only wanted to pray the serenity prayer and the third step prayer, and then I wanted God to take care of everything else. I wanted no responsibility. I didn't want to do any of the hard work. But as I as my mind became more open, and I was finally able to be honest with myself, I began to grow and make a little progress, and I began to work the steps. Now, this God idea worked for me. Berta's ideas did not work. Berta's ideas were what gave me all these bedevilments. I could no longer go through this paragraph and say, I can't get along with people because they don't act right. I couldn't go through this paragraph and say, I'm prey to misery and depression. Well, of course I am. I'm bipolar. God can just fix that. And, you know, all these things. Fear? Well, yes, I wouldn't be afraid if people didn't act this way, you know. And so I had to give up blaming all the external things and trust God.
11: Just trust
3: that no matter what I see in front of me, I had to assume that I was looking through Berta's glasses instead of God's glasses. And I, there's no way I could think like God. So what do I do? I trust God, that God has not only infinite power, but boundless, unconditional love for me and wants for me all the things that I need to have in my life to live a whole, happy, effective life. Because my ideas for what I need are going to take me right back to the bedevilment. So I had to learn to surrender and be humble and just trust God. And, you know, without knowing what that might mean for me, just trust God. Because if these other people who recovered had done that and found success, then I might as well follow them because at the beginning my thoughts were, what other choice do I have? So how do I become a recovered compulsive overeater? Just give up. Just give up, lay down all my weapons, and say, here I am, God. And when Okay,
0: I, I, we need to wrap
3: up. Okay, I'll pass.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Michelle H. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only?
6: Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Katie. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order